drive time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Wednesday, December the 7th, 2022. On the memorial of St. Ambrose, Bishop and Doctor of the Church, and it's the day we remember Pearl Harbor. Those that lost their lives in Hawaii, please do keep them in your prayers today. Uh, praise be to God, we have so much to get it, get into today. Catholic Charities! Catholic Charities have withdrawn from Immigration Coalition after investigative report reveals the group supported abortion? What? I'll you as if only they had read Lepanto Institute's reports. Like earlier, maybe we could have gotten to this point faster. But nonetheless, Michael Hitchborn is going to be back on the program today. I mean, this is like a this is kind of like a victory. Like all that hard work, all those years of being lambasted as being crazy people, and uh, turns out, college you is his reports were factual and on point. And if only they had read them, we would have we could have avoided giving money to organizations uh, sooner. So we're going to have Michael on. He's going to talk about that coming up at fifteen past the hour. Do stick around for that. Uh, We're going to be also talking about the Religious Liberty Clause in the Marriage Act. Is this a Trojan horse? That's an interesting question. Brent Haynes is going to weigh in on that at 35 past the hour. David O. Gray is going to be on at the top of the next hour. I'm not sure if you're hearing, you're probably hearing this for the first time. But in Germany, there was a big, huge deal over there yesterday. Uh, Some 3,000 agents across the country arrested some 25 people all at the same time. Uh, These are people that they accuse of wanting to take over the government because they want to make the Reich great again. Is that all it takes? Not the Hitler Reich. Not that one. No, no, no. That's too modernist for them. They want to go back. They want to go back and make, make the original German Empire prior to World War II great again. Uh, Like monarchs? Uh, Therein lies the question. <laughs> Therein lies the question. Uh, what exactly who uh, do these people want? What, who are they? But, uh, of course, the news outlet is painting them with sort of the January 6th treatment. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so. Far-right individuals. David L. Gray lives there. He's, he is our CDT reporter on the ground. Today. He was there. So he was one of the 3,000. No, he was. <laughs> he would stand out a little bit in Germany. <laughs> he might stand out a little bit, but he's going to be on at the top of the next hour to kind of give us some insight into what is going on. With that story. So do join us in the second hour if you can. Hey, breaking. This is breaking news. Elon Musk confirms James Baker, uh, a former FBI counsel, has been fired. Turns out that he was uh, complicit, apparently, in the cover up of the Hunter Biden laptop story over uh, Twitter. Also, he scrubbed all the files before releasing them to the journalist of any FBI involvement. (laughs) So I guess you, you grow up and you're like, someday... I'm going to be a Fed. I'm going to work for the government. It was and, protocol. And then you go to academy and you become a federal agent. Then you, they send you to Twitter. Like, that's your assignment? That's what it sounds like. I don't know. Oh, and by the way, <clears throat> the assistant director in charge of the FBI Washington field office has announced he's retiring just in time for the House Republicans saying they're, they're going to hold hearings to investigate the bureau. <laughs> it's good timing. It's good timing. Hey, this one's for you, Adrian. Morocco has advanced in the World Cup quarterfinals for the first time, beating Spain 3-2 to 
to uh, Zed. You know, I think they call Zed. it Zed. It's, three it's three to you, Zed, three to nil, that, and a penalty shootout on Tuesday. You said Madrid? Uh, no, Morocco. Morocco, Morocco. My mm-hmm. mistake. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> the the you know the Crusader in me, the Reconquista in me, the Larber um, in you makes me uh, not care at all. <laughs> so I just want to uh, let you know about that because uh, you know soccer. Uh huh. Not mm. not that not that important. Really? I mean, to be honest, I really don't care about sports ball in general, like any sports ball, but soccer in particular, eh, ball goes left, ball goes right, then it goes left again, Uh and then Uh Uh someone scores. And then that's it. Yeah, speaking of score, uh, Raphael Warnock defeated uh, uh, Herschel Walker, apparently. So yep. there's a big score for the Dems. The uh, the oh, I mean the count is in. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And so now they're going to have a, a majority in the Senate, and a jury in Manhattan has come back with a guilty verdict against two companies of the Trump Organization on 17 counts of criminal tax fraud in a 15 year scheme. Whew. So the so the scores are in. Praise be to God. <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, those are some of your quick headlines. We're going to have more coming up here in just a second, but let's uh, pray. Let's get into it. We have a lot to cover today. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Wednesday, December 7th, and here are your headlines this morning. This one's from LifeSite. They report Pope Francis issues a new finance rule for foundations linked to the Holy See. The Pope cited the need to regulate also the various funds, foundations, and entities that over the years have sprung up within the curial institutions and are directly dependent on them. Pope Francis's motu proprio was issued yesterday, December 6th, and is directed at the instrumental jurisdictional juridical persons of the Roman Curia. The document builds upon the pontiff's long-anticipated reforms of the Roman Curia, Predicate Evangelium, which was issued in March of 2022. The Epic Times reports scientists finally know why people get more colds and flu in the winter in what researchers are calling a scientific breakthrough with a trademark over that scientists behind a new study may have found the biological reason why we get more respiratory illnesses in the winter. It turns out the cold air itself damages the immune response occurring in occurring inside of your nose. The Hill reports Supreme Court declines to take up 2020 case against Dominion and Facebook. The group alleged that Dominion's election technology is crafted to influence results, arguing that the voting resources possess systemic and widespread exploitable vulnerabilities. The case against Dominion was previously dismissed by the United States Court of Appeals for the Tenth Circuit and others. The courts also noted that one of the seven people petitioning declined to vote in the 2020 election, critiquing also the lack of specificity in the case concerning harm caused by the parties. And the Epic Times reports Meta threatens to pull all of the news from the platform if Congress passes media, big tech bargaining bill. The legislation was introduced by Senator Amy Klobuchar in March of 2021 and would effectively remove some existing antitrust laws. 
making it easier for small news publishers to come together and negotiate with tech giants such as Facebook, for example, for a larger share of digital advertising profits. Under current laws in the United States, online and print media outlets are banned from forming a joint coalition and demanding concessions from tech companies to allow their content to be published on the platform. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Ambrose, born in 340, when the Empress Justinia attempted to wrest two basilicas from Ambrose's Catholics and give them to the Arians. He dared the eunuchs of the court to execute him. His own people rallied behind him in the face of imperial troops. In the midst of riots, he both spurred and calmed his people with bewitching new hymns set to exciting eastern melodies. In his disputes with the emperor Oxensius, he coined the principle, The emperor is in the church, not above the church. He publicly admonished Emperor Theodosius for the massacre of 7,000 innocent people. The emperor did not did public penance for his crime. This was Ambrose, the fighter sent to Milan as Roman governor and chosen while yet a catechumen to be the people's bishop. There is yet another side of Ambrose, one which influenced Augustine of Hippo, whom Ambrose converted. Ambrose was a passionate little man with a high forehead a long, melancholy face, and great eyes. We can picture him as a frail figure clasping the codex of sacred scripture. This was the Ambrose of aristocratic heritage and learning. Augustine found the oratory of Ambrose less soothing and entertaining, but far more learned than those of the, his, uh, the other contemporaries. Ambrose's sermons were often modeled off of Cicero, and his ideas betrayed the influence of contemporary thinking and philosophers. He had no scruples in borrowing at length from pagan authors. He gloried in the pulpit in his ability to parade his spoils, the gold of the Egyptians, taken over from the pagan philosophers. His sermons, his writings, and his personal life reveal him as an otherworldly man involved in the great issues of his day. Humanity for Ambrose was above all spirit. In order to think rightly of God and the human soul, the closest thing to God, no material reality at all was to be dwelt upon. He was an enthusiastic champion of consecrated virginity. The influence of Ambrose on Augustine will always be open for discussion. The confessions reveal some manly burlesque encounters between Ambrose and Augustine. But there can be no doubt of Augustine's profound esteem for the learned bishop. Neither is there any doubt that St. Monica loved Ambrose as an angel of God who uprooted her son from his former ways and led him to his conviction about Christ. It was Ambrose, after all, who placed his hands on the shoulders of the naked Augustine as he descended into the baptismal font to put on Christ. He died in 397. St. Ambrose, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 through 30. Jesus said to the crowds, come to me all you who labor and are burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am meek and humble of heart and you will find rest for yourselves for my yoke is easy and my burden light. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, St. Hilary would say, 
He calls to him those that were laboring under the hardships of the law and those who are burdened with the sins of the world. St. Chrysostom would say, Fear not the yoke of Christ, for it is a yoke of the, of the greatest sweetness. Be not disheartened when he mentions, to, uh, mentions a burden, because it is a burden exceedingly light. If then our Savior says that the way of virtue is exceeding narrow and replete with difficulties and dangers, we must call to mind that it is so to the slothful only. Perform, perform, therefore, with alacrity what is required, and then with all things be easy. The burden will be light and the yoke sweet. Yikes. Are, you, are we slothful? Are you slothful in your, in your uh, pursuit of holiness, your pursuit of the works of perfection? Yikes. St. Bernard says that our Savior's sweetness by the spiritual unction of his grace, all the crosses, penances, and mortifications of religious souls, as St. Austin owns, that before he knew the power of grace, he could never comprehend what chastity was, nor believe that anyone was able to practice it. But the grace of God renders all things easy, close quote. I think I can really relate to that one in particular. I remember being in uh, RCIA class and and uh, listening to those Beatitudes and having a sort of a miraculous mystical experience there, thinking, there's no way I'll ever be pure. No way. I mean, maybe someday, far from now, because from between here and there, I am a slave to my disordered passions. I was a slave to my lack of chastity. I couldn't even fathom the concept. But yet one day, God gives grace, and with grace, it becomes easy. St. Augustine says, among the virtues and precepts inculcated in my gospel, there are two virtues in particular, which I am specially desirous you should learn of me as your divine master. Speaking in the voice of Jesus here, as Augustine does, these are humility and meekness. These are the special virtues which shall serve as the surest means of procuring perseverance and bearing my sweet yoke, which alone can secure that desirable peace and rest surpassing all understanding. It is to pride and the angry desire of vengeance, vices, the opposite of humility and meekness, that all the miseries of this world are to be attributed. These are the virtues which we can imitate our Lord uh, in cultivating and form which no one can be dispensed. Close quote, St. Augustine, pray for us. So that's what we have to work on. Let's work against pride. Let's work against anger with humility and meekness. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be talking about a brand new Lego book and the Holy Mass coming up next. Unbelievers often reject religion because it sometimes causes conflict. They'll say, science will fly you to the moon, religion will fly you into buildings. Is this a rational basis for rejecting religion? The answer is no. And here's the reason. First, just because something causes conflict doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. For example, many wars have been fought over land. Does this mean we should do away with the right to private property? I don't think so. Second, the objection doesn't specify which religions cause war. It may belong to the essence of some religions to spread its message by the sword, and these we should reject, but it doesn't belong to all religions. 
So, to the question, should I reject religion because it causes conflict? The answer is no. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at uh, 30 past the hour, Brent Haynes is going to be on the program. We're going to be talking about the Marriage Act and the Religious Liberty Clause that is being proposed. Is it a Trojan horse? What can we know? What can we not know? What have the bishops said? We're going to talk to Brent Haynes about that. And then at uh, about 45 past the hour, Michael Hitchborn's going to be on from the Lepanto Institute. Uh, great news there. All of the years of hard work of doing all of this research and trying to provide this information to the USCCB and to the bishops uh, seems to have paid off with uh, Catholic, some, Catholic, some Catholic charities withdrawing their support from an immigration coalition after it becomes super obvious of their of their stalwart support for abortion rights. So all of that coming up in this hour. But joining us right now is our good friend Kevin O'Neill with a brand new book out called The Holy Mass on Earth as it is in Heaven. Good morning to you, Kevin. Good morning, Joe. Thanks so much for having me on again. Yeah, praise be to God. It's good to see you. How are you, my friend? We're doing great. We just welcomed our ninth child into the world. Uh, she's baptized wow. and part of the family of God now, and uh, it doesn't get any better than that. Congrats. Yeah, praise be to God. Congratulations. How's mom? She's doing great. She's uh, she's defying all of the doctor's orders. She's supposed <laughs> to be taking it easier than she uh, is, but uh, you know, it's not my doing. Yeah, praise be to Jesus. Now, uh, we had you on a month or two maybe ago, uh, and we were in anticipation of the release of this book. This is this is uh, a, a, the second volume in uh, in your series, The Holy Mass on Earth as it is in Heaven with Legos. Uh, How has it gone? How's the release? It's going great. Uh, you know, Sophia Institute Press has certainly done a huge print run with it. And uh, it is being well received. The uh, reviews have been glowing reviews so far, and uh, we don't have any fake reviews out there by any of our friends yet. So that'll that'll be next. <laughs> That's stage two of uh, the marketing plan. Get all your <laughs> friends and family to leave Amazon reviews. Now, do you have any sense of where it's selling best, or like, uh, is it Amazon, or do you have any hot spots that you're you're tracking? I think Holy Heroes is probably one of the big ones. We did open up our own site as well, and we've uh, sold quite a few books directly. What's that? Uh, site? The name of our the name of our site is called uponthisblock.com, dot com, uh, like which it. is a fun little play on words. Yeah, B L O C K. Yep, B L O C K. Yes, upon this block, and Sophia Institute Press is our publisher, and so they uh, they have their channels, and they've just been uh, really. Uh, you know, with the, with the wake of the first book, this book has been very well received. Yeah, amen. And the first book went through two press, uh, two prints, runs. Four went through four four print runs on that first book, and it's so good. That's one of the nice things about Sophie Institute Press uh, with this uh, most recent one. They do such quality work. 
I mean, uh, their their quality is very, very good. I like their their uh, their books. They're they're well constructed. They feel good in the hand. Um, so it is a great quality product. In addition to, you guys put a lot of time effort uh, as a family into crafting these Lego scenes and trying to tell the story. We do, and what's so great about it though is we're teaching very rich theology to children. And with this specific book, The Holy Mass on Earth as it is in Heaven, you know, what's fun about it is uh, to, to just really teach children the reality that they're participating in, to let them see through the veil of the liturgy and see the mountains. Uh, there's one, you know, there's just to even put a thought together in here, one of the neat parts of the book, we show how, you know, Moses didn't just, well, first off, the Mass is the new exodus. And we need to be able to see this as we go and, and participate in the sacrifice. And Moses didn't just say, let my people go. He said, let my people go that they may worship me. And he, he lead, God leads his people into the wilderness, tells them how to build the tent of worship, how to deploy the priesthood, what kind of oils to use for ordination, what kind of incense to use, what kind of candles, how to build the altar, linens, vestments, you name it, the whole thing. The Catholic sees a liturgy because God taught them a liturgy. And then he tells them how to build the tabernacle, and God who dwells upon the mountain places himself within the tabernacle, and the tabernacle's always been the meeting place between God and his people. Well, the Catholic just needs to fulfill it. Christ yeah. crucified where? On a mountain. Now dwells within our tabernacle, and forget just meeting place. This is now the union between God and his people. And one neat thing, too, is... Uh, you know, in the New Testament, so here in the Old Testament, God teaches them how to worship. And in the New Testament, there's only one time when they go up to Christ and they say, Lord, teach us how to pray. And it's shortly after the 72 come back. And he teaches them the Our Father. And if you look at the Our Father, the perfect prayer, and the Mass, the perfect sacrifice, and see how they line up, it's quite the coincidence, <laughs> right? The Our Father begins by invoking God's name. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The Holy Mass, we invoke God's name, but not just God's name. The revealed Trinity is Christ our Lord had taught us. And then in the Our Father, after God's name is invoked, heaven and earth come together. Heaven and earth come together in the Mass. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The next verse is then, give us this day our super substantial bread as saint jerome translated it for anybody hearing that the first that for the first time that's a more accurate translation yeah. super substantial bread it's not a pizza it's not a hot dog amen it's the eucharist amen first and foremost and in the mass we are then given after heaven and earth come together that super substantial bread and in the our father after receiving the bread what's next forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and our Lord said, this is for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Mm -hmm. And then the Our Father sends us, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And here the Mass, then the Mass literally means to send, to go. And so the perfect prayer is said in front of the Eucharistic sacrifice during uh, the perfect sacrifice. And it's just such a beautiful thing that we get to participate in. And God has taught us how to worship, and we see both both forms right there in front of our very eyes as as the one faith, our Catholic faith, that can make a mountain move does make the mountain of Calvary present every time we're there. 
Amen. Well said. You know, we're living in a day and a time where uh, fewer and fewer Catholics actually believe what the Church teaches, especially in regards to the liturgy, to the Holy Mass. Uh, We're seeing that statistically. Uh, It is uh, a very sad state of affairs. And I think a book like this can be a powerful tool for the next generation. Kids can experience the Mass in a way that they can relate to, understand, and make it fun at the same time. And yet they're going to end up having a deeper more uh, concrete understanding and belief in what Holy Mother Church has taught for 2,000 years more than their parents or grandparents are going to have. I mean, that's how powerful this book can be. Thank you. It It is, and, and I can say that because, again, it's all plagiarized. This is Scripture. <laughs> These are the things the early Church Father was teaching. When people say, oh, well, I wonder what the message was that they were teaching that caught people on fire. It was they knew they put the Gospels together. I mean, when you can see that in the Garden of Eden, when they were kicked out and sin was coming into the world, an angel was was stationed in the east with a fiery sword. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, when sin was leaving the world, what does Christ tell Peter? Sheath your sword. In one garden, a sword is drawn. In the next garden, the sword is sheathed. And in Eden, when sin came into the world, when they were kicked out, the ground was cursed with thorns. And in Gethsemane, when our blessed Savior left Gethsemane, he took our curse and crowns himself with it. When children can understand and and finish the thought, people say, oh, that's deep theology. That's not deep theology. That's incredible theology, and children can understand it. When they can look at the crucifix and now complete the thought of the crown of thorns, it's Mm. more powerful than anything else for transforming the heart. Because... The, the purpose of life is to know, love, and serve God, and you have to know him in order to love him, and then you have to love him to be able to serve him, and it's in that order for a reason. Yeah, amen. And uh, you got 17 days before Christmas hits, so I know that because there's a ticker right here on your website telling me I have 17 days, 17 hours, 35 minutes, and 10, 9, 8 so, I mean, it just keeps going. Uh, that clock is ticking away fast. So uh, you can order now. Get, I think you can still get delivery before Christmas, right? I mean, we've got 17 days. It should be plenty of time. Easily, easily. Uh, and, and our site right now is, uh, otherwise I would share a promo code with you, but everybody gets a, a discount now. It's it's right at $30, I think, and 95 cents and free shipping if wow. you order through us. Now, you know, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit uh uh, about England, we were talking uh, earlier uh, with Joseph Pierce about how bad England has gotten, uh, becoming uh, practically atheist, and uh, now they're outlawing Bible verses there as well. It's pretty bad off. Do you ship internationally? Because they could surely use uh, a shipment of these kinds of books. We do. We have two distributors in England, uh, and both are just really on fire for uh, both of our books. So praise be to God for that. Yeah. Uh, It's called The Holy Mass, On Earth As It Is In Heaven. Now, the website, uponthisblock.com, is a great place to go. Of course, Sophia Institute Press is the publisher. You can find it there as well. And they've got a a beautiful write-up, and you can actually preview the book. They've got a very slick uh, preview of the book that you can see on Sophia Institute's uh, website as well. But I'm imagining you're also selling on Amazon and other locations. It's on Amazon. It's everywhere. Uh, always support your local Catholic bookstore as well. Please do that. Yeah. The uh, the uh, the slick part on Sophia Institute's pre- website is uh, that you can see 200, I'm seeing 242 pages. Uh, 200, or, the, or the whole thing must be 242 pages, but 
where we get a preview of it. So you can actually flip through the introduction of this and you can see a few of the uh, the pages with the images and and see some of the storyline for yourself. So it's a great th- way to uh, to taste test this thing and then make your purchase in time for Christmas. So these make excellent gifts for your children or for other people's children that you might know, friends and family members. These are great stocking stuffers. I would say it's too late for uh, St. Nicholas, though. Yeah, a little bit, a little <laughs> bit. Uh, real quickly, we have about two minutes left in our conversation. What do you have planned for the future? Is there uh, a... A next one coming out because now this is what the second one so a third one would be about what kind of topic do you think well god willing we would we there's enough work for a lifetime in front of us especially (laughs) uh the balance of life in trying to uh remain gainfully employed as well as as put (laughs) books together unbeknownst to most people when when you write a book uh, it, it does not automatically change your status. <laughs> so, uh, preach, however, preach it, the, brother, preach it. <laughs> right? <laughs> People don't realize that. But the fact of the matter is, is that uh, the next one we do is going to be the New Testament. Uh, and so we, we've uh, entered into that contract <laughs> with Sophia Institute Press. And then after that, I've got uh, another one with typology in mind on the sayings from the cross as well as uh, well, you know, there's there's at least a few saints out there that we could we could start doing some saint stories and uh, other things like that. But yeah, it's endless with the faith. Praise be to God. Well, we're getting down to the wire here again. The book is called "The Holy Mass on Earth as It Is in Heaven," and uh, I encourage you to check out their website upon thisblock.com. Make sure you visit that site. Make sure you share that site upon thisblock.com. And uh, free shipping is really hard to beat in time for Christmas. So, uh, Kevin O'Neill, God bless you. God love you. Thanks for hanging out with us again today. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. All right. Praise be to God. Coming up after the quick break, Rudy Carlos has more breaking news and stories for you. And then attorney and a good friend, freedom fighter, Brent Haynes is going to be on. We're going to be talking about the Marriage Act. And then later in this hour, Michael Hitchborn from Lepanto Institute is going to be on. A victory lap from Lepanto's hard work. All that and more is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed what happens when people set out to destroy the church? They don't destroy the church, but they manage to wreck everything else. G.K. Chesterton says men who begin to fight the church for the sake of freedom and humanity end up flinging away freedom and humanity if only they may fight the church. The secularists have not managed to destroy divine things, but they have destroyed secular things. Thanks to the war against the church, the world is a mess. We have more disorder, more distress, more discontent than ever before. And that's why we must defend the faith. By defending God's truth, we are defending all truth. By defending the church, we are saving the world. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Planning on shopping online this year for Christmas? Did you know that you can help the Guadalupe Radio Network when you do your Christmas shopping online? All you need to do is shop on Amazon Smile and 0.5% of your purchase goes to the GRN. Just go to AmazonSmile.com and select La Promesa Foundation as your nonprofit of choice. La Promesa is the parent company of Guadalupe Radio. It's that simple to give some extra help to the Guadalupe Radio Network during the holiday season. 
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now more headlines. Breitbart reports UAE president visits Qatar, mending fences broken by years-long blockade. In 2017, Saudi Arabia led its neighbors Egypt, the United Arab Emirates, and Bahrain, and later the legitimate government of Yemen and the Maldives, in severing diplomatic relations with Qatar. Qatar had long harbored Sunni Muslim terrorist entities, hosting an official office for the Afghan Taliban throughout the 20-year war in that country, and informally supporting the Muslim Brotherhood. Riyadh's top concern with Doha, however, is the country's friendly relations with Saudi Arabia's primary geopolitical enemy, the Shiite Islamic Republic of Iran. The Washington Examiner reports vasectomies surge 34% in Northwest in wake of Dobbs' decision. Planned Parenthood Northwest reported a spike in vasectomies, indicating that the procedure has been skyrocketing among men over the past six months following the overturn of Roe. One doctor, known as, quote, the vasectomy king, unquote, claimed back in June that his office went from fielding about four requests a day to between 12 to 18. Another doctor out of Missouri claimed that there was roughly a 900% spike in calls about vasectomies within a week shortly after the Supreme Court decision. The Daily Signal reports Virginia restaurant kicks out family foundation after abortion and traditional marriage. A Virginia restaurant told the Family Foundation that it was no longer welcome to dine at the establishment because the the organization has traditional views on abortion and marriage. They say, quote, recently we refused service to a group that had booked an event with us after the owners of the Metzger found that it it was a group that, uh, that donates to political organizations that seek to deprive women and LGBTQ plus persons of their basic human rights in Virginia. The statement continues saying, We have always refused service to anyone for making our staff uncomfortable or unsafe. And this was the driving force behind our decision, they say. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up today. Joining us right now via telephone is our good friend Brent Taines, attorney, Catholic uh, pro-life and freedom fighter. Good morning to you, Brent. Hey, good morning, Joe. we got to get you a uh, like a website or something, catholicfreedomfighter.com. I don't know. we got to come up with something, <laughs> something soon. How are you, my friend? I'm doing all right. Uh, as usual, you've got a lot of interesting topics going on these days, Joe. Yeah, praise be to God. Well, the Marriage Act is one that keeps coming back. I mean, thanks to the Republicans, we now are redefining marriage in, in America. So thanks, Republicans, for that. But uh, the uh, a senator from, Mike, uh, from Utah, Mike Lee, has been trying to lead the way on a religious liberty clause. He thinks it's still there's still time to get this in there. Maybe you can give us the details on that. Right. So... If people have been following this closely, and we would understand if they don't, and, you know, honestly, it it takes some effort uh, to even find the exact language that they're considering, the exact language that uh, gets voted in or doesn't get voted in, and the procedures for all that. You know, shockingly, Joe, the federal government itself doesn't keep its websites on all of this uh, (laughs) completely up to date. I I know that's shocking, especially when we have so many Washington, D.C. federal workers who are working remotely. Yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Well, maybe one Um, less billion dollar to the Ukraine could go towards keeping the website up to speed. I don't know. It's possible. Well, I I don't know if that would help people who (laughs) uh, work remotely and don't even bother to check into their email, but that's another topic, right? (laughs) The, a lot of the, uh, the Republicans who voted to advance the bill uh, voted so, did so because of an amendment, 
And the amendment does provide, you know, a, a couple of protections, uh, which we can talk about. But basically, when you look at that, anybody who wants to look, you know, look this up and read it, they'll see that it begins with a statement about respecting diverse, you know, it begins with a, a statement about religious beliefs and how important they are, and says, you know, quote, diverse beliefs are due proper respect, end quote. Um, first, that's not operative legal language or enabling legal language. That's aspirational. You know, that's an opinion. And that can be important when a court looks at a statute to determine what it means. They can say, well, this helps us understand what Congress intended by passing this statute. Um, but that language itself does not say you cannot discriminate against people because of their, because of their religious uh, beliefs. And it even if it's interpreted that way, it doesn't say you cannot discriminate against people because of their religious actions. Remember, there's always this distinction between religious beliefs and actions. The, op the, um, the operative uh, language um, becomes important there because um, courts, the, the, other op the other part of the operative language says uh, that it relies on other law in the Constitution so it says it, it does provide protection in the sense that it says um, there's you know other laws or or the Constitution as it's interpreted, which provide religious protections. Those are not uh, counteracted or overruled or set aside because of this law. But think about that for a moment. That's only other laws or the Constitution. The Constitution itself, of course, is always subject to interpretation. So it does, so the, the Religious Marriage Act, even as amended, does not affirmatively establish uh, the religious protections that are needed. It just says, well, if you've already got religious protections, then this statute that we are passing does not undercut those. Well, Joe, just yesterday you talked about a lawsuit against uh, a Catholic uh, school over whether or not to hire people in a same-sex marriage. Yeah. So... This law wouldn't change that because, you know, that lawsuit is already going on. This law does not come in and all of a sudden say, hey, Catholic schools are protected. Um, another issue that they talk about uh, is that it does not force uh, churches or religious organizations uh, on the issue of marriage. And what it says specifically is that churches and religious organizations, quote, shall not be required to provide services, accommodations, advantages, facilities, goods, or privileges, and here's the key language, for the solemnization or celebration of a marriage, end quote. Okay, so that addresses what almost became, you know, uh, you know the horror story for people trying to defend religious liberty in the last several years which is, oh my gosh, they're going to force the church to perform uh, gay marriage. No, that has never been the case. And as I've tried to point out to people for years when I talk on religious liberty, you know, they're not coming for the, they're not coming for the priest or the bishop, Joe. They're coming for the flock. You know, they've got to get to yeah. the congregation to get to the priest. They well, go that way. according to the bishops, uh, the bishop statements that have come out, uh, uh, Bishop Robert Barron, for instance, has put out a statement. Uh, Cardinal Timothy Dolan has put out statements. Uh, LifeSite News has reported on this as well, and uh, they're very, very concerned about all of this. They think, you know, Catholic schools, as we just mentioned, will be under attack, and they'll be maybe possibly the Knights of Columbus, and how many 
How many Knights of Columbus Halls are out there that might be targeted in, in all of this? But nonetheless, as we're running out of time here, can I just ask the question? Uh, I got to say, I wonder if we're not soft accepting the redefinition of marriage because our focus is on obtaining some get-out-of-jail-free card that allows us to continue to do what we do while we ignore what happens around the world. I mean, this is bad for the world. This is bad for society. It's not just bad for Catholics. Well, uh, two points. Uh, first, on that issue, we're really verging, into, especially for members of the legislature, you know, U.S. senators or for congressmen who actually vote on this. But we're, we're verging from the legal into the theological. And I'm not a theologian. Um, I don't even get to play one in court. <laughs> but I, I will point out that uh, His Holiness John Paul II you know, pointed out, he, you know, he stated, he talked about the principle of whether or not uh, you could support the lesser of two evils, especially for in terms of a legislator in a legislation, legislative context, voting on legislation. And here, um, that was in abortion, but here it's essentially the same principle. Mike Lee, for example, went on the floor of the United States Senate and gave a very calm, very clear, you know, very, you know, uh, charitable uh, description of his goals and why he proposed his amendment, which was rejected, an amendment which would have actually protected religious freedom. And he said, you know, I'm at the table. If I, you know, if you, the Senate, pass this, this amendment, I will vote for this law. So he was offered to trade his vote for this gay marriage law at the federal level if they would accept his amendment. So, yes, he, he would in that sense have been voting for gay marriage. But what he was doing was establishing you know, protections uh, for religious freedom and especially the exercise, the ability to exercise uh, religious beliefs. And the, the second – so first, you know, I know – uh, I believe it or not, Joe, there are fans of John Paul II, but first of all, that's a theological issue, and you know, none other than John Paul II has said that could be done. The, the second point would be um, that gives us the room to continue the discussion, uh, not just to act according to our, our beliefs, but to continue to engage society and engage people in the debate about whether or not this is really a good idea. Right. I, and I, I do agree with that. I mean, as a, you know, if I were a card player, I wouldn't want to put all my cards out just because of the principle. But nonetheless, but nonetheless, I, I wonder whether or not we keep our eyes on the prize here. And that is the absolute conversion of the rest of the world and society itself and never acquiescing the point that this is horrible for all human beings, not just Catholic ones. Uh, but I wonder, because all of the talk, all of the language that we hear about this is, oh, well, as long as we get to do what we do, then we don't care. I mean, it's just it's very concerning that we might have forgotten what we're supposed to be about. But we're going to have to have you back because we're out of time right now. And Hitchborn's coming up next. Brent Haynes, we're grateful for you. God bless you. Thanks for your insight. Thank you, Joe. All right. Don't go anywhere. Real quick break. Then Michael Hitchborn from Lepanto is going to be on to talk about a victory. A victory. Praise be to God. That's pretty rare. We'll be right back. Uh, first off, I'd just like to say um, I did uh, five years in prison in Texas, and thanks to the Guadalupe Radio Network down there and your ministry, there is a lot of us getting back on track. And especially a big thank you to all your donors who donate to the network, and uh, it really helps a lot of us felons find the way and find that the, the Catholic truth and get back on track. So really thank you for that. The Guadalupe Radio Network. 
Radio for your soul. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Do you really believe in a secret catching away of the church called the rapture? The pages of your Bible are empty of that type of talk. So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, solid biblical doctrine is time-tested. This rapture idea got its wheels rolling by John Darby in about 1830. I mean, have you heard of a third coming? You know you haven't. Secondly, God's nature. There's no reasonable premise in Scripture, let alone in moral reasoning, for the results of a rapture scenario such as this. A Christian pilot is yanked, raptured, out of his jet, while scores of the remaining passengers who are not Christians violently crash to their death. Meanwhile, said pilot is basking in the presence of God. This is absurd, and believe me, this is preached day in and day out. Thirdly, bad fruit. The preacher at your church says, Tonight, don't you be left in that pew alone, while that person next to you gets raptured straight up into heaven. That, my friend, is folly with no foundation. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Coming up at the top of the next hour, if you can join us, of course, we'd love to have you. David O'Gray is going to be on to talk about a breaking story out of Germany. Police arrest 25 suspects in plot to overthrow the state. What is that about? David O'Gray will catch us up on all the stories there, but... Uh, we uh, saw in LifeSite News uh, this great headline, Catholic Charities Withdraw from Immigration Coalition After Investigative Report Reveals Group Supports Abortion. What? You don't say. If only someone, some entity had been reporting on this stuff for years, maybe we could have gotten here faster. Uh, Michael Hitchborn rejoins us from Lomponto Institute. Good morning to you, Michael. Good morning, Happy to be here. Couldn't you guys have done something about this before? I'm just curious. Well, uh, you know, it's it's just one of those situations where, gosh, maybe maybe if I was paying more attention, I could have, you know, got to this sooner. Yeah. What's it like to win? <laughs> Did you drink you know, champagne when uh, you saw this? I, or I'm what? still. I'm still processing. (laughs) (laughs) This has got to be a rare treat. I mean, uh, you guys have put in at Lepanto a lot of hard work over years now, uh, getting gathering this information, providing it to bishops and other organizations. And for the most part, it seems to have fallen on deaf ears. And here we see an actual result. Yeah, well, and and now it's I, I will call this a partial victory. Because the fact of the matter is that the the organization protecting immigrant families, one of the stipulations that it had for membership is that uh, the organizations who are members are allowed to disagree with formal positions they take, but only in private. They were not to give any public uh, disagreement to anything that goes on from the coalition. And uh, when I revealed to the USCCB and those Catholic charity organizations that PIF had taken a formal position in favor of abortion, even vowing to fight for reproductive rights. Um, The USCCB and those Catholic charitable organizations just kind of backed away. Uh, A couple of Catholic charities did give a statement to LifeSite News, which is good. Um, But the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops is just slinking away in silence and not saying a word. Why would they do that? Well, it's probably because... The reason that I discovered that uh, they were a part of PIF to begin with is that three of their CCHD grantees are members of PIF. Wow. So if the USCCB 
has to back out of this coalition, then by by extension, they have to with, withdraw their, their funding support for those three CCHD grantees, which further legitimizes our criticisms of the CCHD. Yeah. Uh, the USCCB doesn't want to acknowledge that. You know, it is uh, frustrating at best. I mean, if you had to guess, um, what percentage of bishops would actually read the reports that you put out? One. One percent. Just one percent. I believe that. I believe that. Having heard from a bishop personally that they don't read these documents, they just assume that it's... Uh, it's manipulative and and uh, and uh, you know gaslighting and all the rest. And I'm like, just just read it because all they're doing is reposting the actual f- opinions of these organizations. They're not interpreting them. They're uh, they're just reposting them. It's like the libs of TikTok thing. You, you, <laughs> you don't need to reinterpret them. Just let them speak for themselves. They'll tell you. And in this article over at LifeSide News, it becomes clear that PIF doubles, triples, quadruples down on the issue. Well, oh, absolutely. And and here's another thing. When I was looking into PIF, what I noticed is that not only did PIF put out a put out an email to all of its members before it formally took a position in favor of abortion. So all of the organizations that were members of PIF, which would include those Catholic charity Catholic charities groups and the USCCB and clinic, all of those groups would have gotten that that email that said, we're about to take this position. You can sign on to this letter if you want to. Wow. And okay, fine. The USCCB and those Catholic charity groups didn't sign on to the letter. However, they knew ahead of time what was coming and they did nothing. And they did nothing. And at what point, how, how long ago did you start reporting on PIF? Uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, it, it was, in fact, I think it was just last week. Um, my days are mixed up now. Everything's I'm sure. Kind of running together. I'm sure. But uh, yeah, it was just last week that we reported on PIF. And again, the only reason that we discovered anything about it is because we were chasing down several CCHD grantees. That's it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because yesterday when we were talking about this uh, victory, I was thinking to myself, I was the this whole situation. Well. Is this like a, a backtracking or like things going to actually get better or is it just pointing to something to say, hey, look, we fixed it. Now y'all can start donating. Stop complaining. I, I'm kind of cynical now and I'm kind of thinking to myself, well, did anything really change? They got rid of one thing. Can we start donating to these organizations now? Are they still are they good now? Like, what are we what are we talking about here? No, I, I think that uh, the USCCB is, is slinking away in silence because they're hoping that nobody covers the story. I think they just want this to go away. Um, and that's the only reason that they quietly withdrew from the coalition and why those Catholic charity groups, for the most part, quietly withdrew as well. Like I said, they gave a statement to LifeSite News, which is good. But there's no public statement. There's no announcement on their website or, or formal condemnation of what PIF had done. I mean, I'm sorry, if I was a part of a coalition and that coalition had done something horribly wicked, let's say that they'd, they'd you know, started a parade with Nazi <laughs> flags and, and made all sorts of racial ep- epithets, I would immediately withdraw from the coalition and put out a formal statement putting as much distance between me and that coalition as I possibly could. Yeah. But the USCCB and those Catholic charity groups have said nothing 
on, on their own, except for the few that mentioned something to LifeSite News. They've done nothing to put distance between themselves and, and that coalition. In fact, Clinic said, gosh, we're so sorry that they did <laughs> this. I mean, that's that's limp-wristed and weak. Yeah. Almost 20 years ago, I tried to help New Hampshire pass legislation that would allow pro-life uh, license plates to be a thing there so that we could obtain pro-life license plates to help uh, pro the pro-life cause. And I remember going and asking friends and family, and I asked my Baptist friend, and uh, he asked his pastor, and his pastor said, there's no way we would be unequally yoked with Catholics. And I remember listening to him say that to me, and I thought, this is the most insane thing ever. Like, you won't even help us get the pro-life plates for the past. What kind of people are you? And yet the Catholics are like, well, we have court abortion. Okay, other contraception, whatever. You're doing great by immigration. You're doing great by this, that, or the other thing. But we, boy, we just give a pass to these gravely immoral, deeply troubling things. A number of years ago, I had a conversation with somebody at Catholic Relief Services about one of the groups that they were giving millions of dollars to called Population Services International. Population Services International is this organization that was created by a pornographer um, reducing population growth by spreading contraception. That's why the organization existed. And CRS had given them three and a half million dollars. And I, I asked the communications director at the time, well, would you ever give such a grant or give such a pastor grant to Planned Parenthood? He said, no, we would never partner with Planned Parenthood. I said, well, why would you then partner with this organization, which is just as bad? Mm. He said, well, when we consider who we're going to partner with, it has to do with the preponderance of their work, which means for them, there are no non-negotiables. They just want to have a, a, a relationship with an organization they think is mostly on their side. Yeah. And it kind of makes me think about the bishops recognizing there needs to be a Eucharistic revival in this country. I mean, you think? College you is. Look at the stats. It's not great. But maybe we just start by actually believing what we teach and taking a firm stand on what we teach. Because we know in the end it's ultimately the best thing for all of society and humanity itself. And uh, and we keep compromising. We keep looking uh, wishy-washy, mushy. And I think young people see that mushiness and they're like, eh. It's just uninteresting. I think that um, I, I, I think that we have to take it a step further and recognize that the real problem that we're facing is that there is no sense of urgency because mm. there is no sense of eternal hell. And Amen. if our bishops, if our priests, if these organizations recognize that ultimately the only thing that matters is how many souls we bring to Christ and how many souls we deflect from the fires of hell by by saying, hey, don't go down this path. Don't participate in these evil things, because if you do, you are putting your, your eternal soul at stake. But there's no sense of urgency. And why is there no sense of urgency? Because they've bought into the von, von Balthasarian lie that we could possibly hope that all men are saved. And uh, it's it's insidious, but it's it's crept into everything that the Catholic Church is about, which is why these charitable groups think it's okay to kind of work with these other organizations or, you know, even if they're pro-abortion or they're pro-this or pro-that and it's a bad thing, well, we can still work with them because ultimately it's about humanity. It's not about the salvation of souls. Amen. All right, we're almost out of time here. What would you like to see? I mean, I have to tell you, I think this is a bit of a victory, even though it's not as, a, not as a big of a one we would love. Where would you like to see it go from here? 
Well, I would like to see a statement from the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops acknowledging that this was a problem and putting a lot of distance between themselves and this organization because what they did was extremely wicked. Uh, But the next step is that the USCCB has got to look inwardly and say, is our Catholic campaign for human development actually doing any good at all? Because 30% of every organization that we granted to in 2020 to 2021 is directly involved in the promotion of abortion, contraception, homosexuality, and Marxism. Uh, I would love for the USCCB to really and truly take a look at what we had put together in our big report and explain or either explain away why what we're doing is wrong or just point out, hey, look, this is a problem and we need to fix it. We're going to stop funding these groups. Amen. You can find that report on their website, lepantoin.org. That's uh, for the Lepanto Institute. That's lepantoin.org. You can find the most recent report, plus all the back reports we've talked about many times on this program. Uh, Michael Hitchborn, so grateful to have you on. And uh, again, just congratulations, man. I mean, all that work, you you deserve it, even if it's not as awesome as we'd like to. But who knows? With God's grace, there could be a total repeal. That would be amazing. Well, you know, praise God. It is is his to do with as he pleases. Uh, All I do is is report the facts. Amen. Well said. Lepantoin.org. God bless you, Michael. Thanks for being on. God bless you. God bless your audience. All right. Coming up after the break, for those of you that are able to continue on with us, we'd love to have you. We're going to talk with David L. Gray about this uh, breaking story coming out of Germany. A coup attempt? What's going on there? What are the facts on the ground? David L. Gray will join us. If you can't join us, we'll see you back here live on Friday because tomorrow is a Holy Day of Obligation and we won't be here. Go to Mass. God bless you and God love you and we'll see you then. Hey, Donnie, when we see Christ on the cross, what do we call that? A crucifix. And who said, preach Christ and Him crucified? St. Paul. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Father John Bartunik, in his book, The Better Part, wrote, Gratitude is one of the most beautiful flowers in the whole garden of virtues. It directly contradicts self-centeredness, self-indulgence, and self-absorption. It builds bridges, unites communities, and softens hearts. It encourages and inspires. It cuts through discouragement and counteracts depression. It opens the soul to the truth and releases anxiety. It brings smiles and gladness wherever it blooms. What a pity that it is as rare as it is lovely. When was the last time you were truly grateful to our Lord for the spouse He has given to you? When was the last time that you told your spouse you are very grateful for him or her? Gratitude goes a long way in healing wounds. Give it a try. Go home today and tell your spouse how grateful to God you are that he or she married you. This has been a minute for your marriage and family from the Three Hearts Institute. You can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I turned from a recreational drug user to a drug addict. That took me to my knees. I lost a family, almost two families. I lost friends. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. I love it. My heart's there. I took communion after 18 years, and the rest of the Mass I sat and cried. God restored my life. 
God restored my family. God restored my love. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox, goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT and get signed up today. Hi, I'm Vilma from St. Thomas More Parish. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Our fear and trembling is on the agenda. You could win prizes. It's fun. Have a laugh with us. Be our first caller when I give you the phone number at 15 past the hour. and You get to be our contestant. So again, I'll give you that phone number, and uh, as long as you're the first caller, you get to play. We're going to pull the prize out on Friday. We're off tomorrow, uh, but we'll play again on Friday morning and draw the winner out. So you still got two chances. So uh, don't hesitate. Call as soon as you can at 15 past the hour, and I will give you that number. Or you can go to our website, and you can steal it off the website there and get on hold earlier if you'd like. grnonline.com forward slash cdt. But tomorrow is... The Feast of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary, praise be to God. And uh, it is a holy day of obligation, unlike most holy days who get moved to, like, Sunday (laughs) 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 to make life easier. Um, Yeah, this one has not been. So you got to go to Holy Mass. So make sure... Make sure you get to Mass uh, tomorrow. Wake up early, go to the daily Mass, or say, go up to your boss and just say, listen, 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 pal, I tell you what, there's something more important than this job. Yeah. And I think you know what I mean. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm going to Mass (laughs) Um, too, dude. What's your problem? (laughs) Hello? You want me to drive? (laughs) That would be kind of funny, actually. Uh, That would be cool. But nonetheless, make sure you're uh, you're planning to go to Holy Mass tomorrow. It kind of reminded me of uh, Therese of Lisieux's parents. They'd get up to go to Daily Mass with the whole family at 530 in the morning, like every day, not just on Sundays, not just on that one Holy Day, but every day they would get up to go to Holy Mass. And they got up the early for the early Mass. So, yikes. What was that commentary in the Gospel about being slothful? And yikes. <laughs> That's how I'm feeling right now. Hey, uh, make sure you are hanging out on our CDT Insider email list, by the way. I I'm, This Advent, I've been doing... You know how we do the Gospel reflection? We look at the commentaries, and we give you some nuggets from the early Church Fathers and some, some of these great fathers... Uh, on the, uh, it's the Nova Sordo uh, readings that we're doing that with, because I know it's probably where you go, praise, you know, uh, but I want to go and help those that go to the uh, TLM, especially in the 62 missile. So I've decided during Advent that I would do that same thing for the 62 missile, and I've been putting those out as videos on the YouTube channel. So if you would like, because you go to a TLM, uh, make sure you're on the email list. I'll send you the link this Friday to those gospel reflections so you can better prepare for the gospel reading at Mass on Sunday. So I just released the third Sunday in anticipation. Uh, Can you believe we're already going to be in the third week of Advent? It's like... You got to check out this video, I have to say. Stop it. Don't don't do it. You should see the lighting. Avoid temptation. You should see the lighting. 
Get, it's pretty wild. Get thee behind me, Satan. I mean, That's all, I'm, gonna all say. I'm saying is I'm gonna say. go check out the lighting mm-hmm. in this video. Go to YouTube and check it out, and then leave a comment down below on what you notice. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Don't, whatever you do, don't do that. Focus on the material, the content, not the lighting. Okay. Don't worry about the lighting. Mm. <laughs> this is not the lighting you're looking for. Right. <laughs> Nonetheless, I'll put that in the uh, insider email to you. So go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT to sign up for the CDT insider email list. I'll have some more goodies for you in the inbox this week. We uh, we changed things up last week for share but we're going to get back to our normal schedule. And uh, every Friday afternoon, I send the email out. So that's coming in your inbox. But praise be to God for it. David L. Gray, our good friend, our our personal journalist in Deutschland. Uh, we a lot of people think that he went there for family. No, he's there because we sent him on assignment. Mm. We embedded him in the heart of the synodal path in the Rhineland in order to get the latest and greatest information. Uh, guten Tag, morning, friend. How are you? Hey, good morning. How's everyone going? Praise be to God. <laughs> we are alive, and that counts. And that counts. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It was um a lot of traffic out here, a lot of construction. It, it takes what well, I found out about 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 um Deutschland, at least in this area, is that when these people commit to construction, they they commit. <laughs> I mean, they, they they commit so strongly to this that it takes about twelve months to get something done. Yeah. So um, it's, oh, it's, that uh, fast. Wow. Come yeah. to Texas. Also, oh, and I also found <laughs> out years. that there's. They have these like cameras everywhere that monitor your traffic. I just thought these yeah. were like CCTV cameras, but uh-huh. apparently, um, based upon a mail I've been getting, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically, I have yeah. a bunch of selfies yeah. that the government has of Germany has taken pictures of and sent them to me, yeah. and they want me to pay money very courteous for the selfie of them. That they sent for me. They call these yeah. things traffic tickets. I don't know if you heard of them. Yeah, yeah, we used to have those here actually, and then the local ordinance government everybody flipped out. They and was voted like, them out. No, you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> yeah, they had, they had to tear them down and get rid of them. They no, spent, they're still up. They just don't work. Uh, well, not in the weird. woodlands. The woodlands they tore them down. Millions of dollars they wasted of yeah. taxpayer dollars on that and they got rid of them wow uh, but those are called the ccp cameras david you should have <laughs> you should have known that but no, nonetheless yeah. uh have you i'm just curious have you um had an opportunity yet to uh enjoy the autobahn and uh yeah take things yeah, up yeah. a notch or two legally yeah 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 Th- this is the problem Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is, it's not everywhere is uh, unlimited speed. There are speed limits in Germany, so there's only sections here, that are yeah, unlimited. But here, here's the thing, though. It's like where I live at, mm-hmm. I can get on the Autobahn, get on the A2, and, you know, go. But then, like, 100 meters before I'm supposed to slow down, <laughs> it, it just drops. It says, drop the 100. And then, like, 20 meters later, drop the 80. Then drop the 60. It's a speed trap. No one should be able to go from, like, 180 to 110 or 180. 100 that fast. What, so, are, what are you driving, David? Kilometers. <laughs> like, no, like, what kind of car are we talking about here? Uh, it's just a Volvo. Just it's a Volvo. just a Volvo. <laughs> yeah. Is it like the is it like the 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 V five turbo? What are we talking no. about? Oh, so one hundred eighty kilometers. So okay. we're only talking about what is it? One hundred eighty kilometers. What one thirty? One twenty? Okay, you're so still going pushing. Fast. You're still you're still <laughs> moving, my friend. Are you so still... miles a kilometer. I try to make it sound better. So miles a kilometer. Okay, yeah. I'm going fast. I don't think my car can go that fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yours might fall apart if you try. Yeah, it, it, was, it wasn't that fast. It was just uh, oh, okay. It was pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, but yeah, I learned, I learned my lesson though. They're um, 
Yeah. And the tickets are on expensive. They're only like $30 a piece, but mm. it's starting to rack up, right? So. Starting to rack. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure your wife is loving this. This is a good plan. <laughs> uh, well, we all remember when Father Keller got kicked out of uh, Japan. Well, soon, maybe David O'Grady got kicked out of Germany. <laughs> you can write a book and you'll be famous. Praise be to God. Exactly. Let's talk about this uh, breaking story out of Germany this morning. German police arrest 25 suspects in plot to overthrow the state. That sounds like a big deal. What's going on? Yeah, it, it is a big deal. I'm hearing a lot about it. Well, in in the on, you turn on the German, the English speaking German radio, they're they're talking about it. Um, it's in all the print papers. Is is it's a it's a it's a big deal. Now, backstory: this is something that does happen on occasion. There are the these Nazis cells that um, that the um, that the Germany police they do mon- monitor and they you know there have been raids in the past. I think there was one earlier this summer. So this this is a thing. Mm. The different thing about this one is that it was very well organized and they had actual prints, well, low-ranking prints royalty um, that they were going to install. So, so they're German, monarchists. Yeah. So the reports say that uh, a group of far-right, what they're calling far-right ex-military figures, they plan to storm the parliament building in um, the Reichstag and seize power. A minor aristocrat, that is Prince Heinrich the 13th, 71 years old, mm-hmm. is alleged to have been central to their plans. According to federal prosecutors, he is one of two ringleaders among those arrested across 11 German states. The plotters are said to have included minim- um, extremists um, from what's called the Citizens of Reich movement, which has long been in the sights of German police or violent attacks and um, so they're calling racist conspiracy, uh, conspiracy theories. And they and so the, the body of the, these things that are calling conspiracy theories is that these group, this sect, um, they say that Germany is not the Republic of Germany is not real. Wow. They don't recognize it. Hmm. These people tend not to pay taxes. Yeah. So it's a whole thing. But um, so these raids um Went over. I think they had 130 raids overnight. Um, many Whoa. people detained, 25 arrested. So it's it's a pretty big deal. Just about how organized now it was. Listen, uh, I'm not the smartest man in the room, but I was the 10th grade history student of the year, <laughs> and I also watched Valkyrie with Tom Cruise. And I know this does not end well. Uh, not was it the Valkyrie movie where he played the German guy? Oh, yeah, who, it was. Yeah, like, it doesn't end well. I mean, these things don't end well. What were they thinking? Did they really think that they could take over Germany (laughs) and install the prince? And what was the prince thinking? This is going to work out. This is like, this is a good idea. Like, seriously, what was going through their minds? Who convinced them that this was possible? It was a psyop. (laughs) And this is what had me thinking. And the people who are, like, installed, that were, like, infiltrated this whole plan, they just, I mean, they're, they're, they're like, they had to be like laughing out loud as these guys are talking in a Zoom meeting or something right. like that. They actually did it. Can you believe it? Like, like I didn't think they were going to go through with that. Oops, my These bad. Like, now, the, I mean, this is a very serious deal. I mean, uh, thankfully, unlike the Nazis who went and uh, arrested everybody in the middle of the night, they usually just shot them the next day. Uh, that's how Tom Cruise ended up, right, in yeah. the movie. But uh, these guys are probably going to go to prison for a long time. Yeah. And I think the thinking, you know, when you live in a bubble, you sort of think everybody thinks like you. And so I, I could see them thinking that a lot of people in Germany um, are on board with what they're doing. So they're thinking <laughs> if they install this prince, this person mm. who does have 
lineage going back, you know, a long time. Um, that's that that he'll be some sort of person who everyone will rally behind, like, oh, um, the king is the king is back. Yeah, like <laughs> Bonnie Prince Charlie. That really worked out, okay? Because woo, that, uh, that he ended up dying a drunk or something. I forget, but nonetheless, uh, yeah, these things don't tend to work out very well. Um, now, what's interesting about this story is they seem to be getting the the January 6th type of treatment there. I mean, that's what the headlines seem to be indicating. They they were they were mixing this story up with, oh, these people were anti-vaxxers, these people were QAnon. Is there anything to yeah. that? Yeah, so that's 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 what I'm um you know suspicious about. Whenever I hear that these people believe in conspiracies and QAnon, mm. you know, what's what's true and and what's not true here. So what's true is that these guys had guns and they were gonna like take over something, try to do it. I think that's what's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you know, trying to pitch you know, pitch the, the idea that these people are so extreme in, in thoughts and action from everyone else, I I, I don't you know that you have, we have to be a little bit more critical about everything that they you know they say that they believe you know i think it's just a way to make them sound really deranged other than hey these guys really don't like the government and the things that's going on and they want us to overthrow it mm. so yeah, I totally agree. You know, there's there's definitely a, a a move there to smear these people and they just call them names and you know, they just kind of uh, their ideas are just dismissed. But you know, I'm wondering. We we had a conversation with uh, with some uh, Chinese folks here, and they they were talking about returning democracy to China. And I asked them the question off off air. Of course, I asked them, you know, is this really the will of the people? You know, because China has been a, a monarchy and an imperial force for a long time in their history, right? Was there any sort of uh, movement in Germany at the moment that that actually wanted a return to to monarchy? You have to look more into that, that, you know, how big is this movement? Uh, you know, I, I wonder if we can actually find a poll in Germany saying, hey, yeah. yeah, we want the king back. Right. We want the princes back. But, um, you know, this obviously it's not something that, you know, I'll, I'll take that back. Um, there is some resentment. I do know there is resentment about Americans being here. I know that's a common yeah. thing about, you know, just, you know, we won't leave, you know, we, you know, Germany lost World War II and Americans are still here. There is, I think there is a great deal of resentment about that, but as far as um, wanting a king back, you know, I, I, that's something I, I, I don't, I don't hear much of. Yeah, I remember as a kid living in Stuttgart, playing on the uh, the playgrounds and uh, Germans, older Germans mostly would walk up and start cussing us out in German. And we'd just be like looking at them like... Yeah, I have no idea what you're saying. Sorry. <laughs> I'm at a complete loss. Sorry. You know, the other thing, uh, as we're running out of time here, uh, I had a, a friend once who served in the German military, and he told me how much the German people really did not like the German military. And there was just a lot of resentment, which, you know, he wanted to serve his country. He wanted to be proud of his service, but the society didn't allow him to be proud of his service. It seems like a, a crazy thing, too. Yeah. And they're about to, from what I understand, they're going to start the draft. I mean, start the um, conscript, conscription back up. I mean, the, um, oh, obligating wow. military service for like 90, like nine months. They're about to start that back up because no one's joining the German uh, military right now. Wow. No kidding. Well, yeah. all right. David O'Gray, God bless you. God love you. Try not to get involved in uh, reestablishing a monarchy in Germany, sir. Avoid that if you can. But uh, God bless you. And we'll talk to you next week. I'll talk to you next week when I'll be the king of Germany. Bye. Yeah, at 180 <laughs> kilometers per hour, apparently. And a Volvo, nonetheless. 
All right, uh, we're going to go to a break, come back and play our game show, Fear and Trembling, Catholic Trivia Game Show, where prizes are at stake, and you could win. Call right now to be our contestant, 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. Call right now, 877-757-9424. First caller gets to play. In Romans chapter 3, it says that none is righteous and that all have sinned. But the Catholic Church teaches that Mary is without sin. How can that be? Romans 3 verse 10 says, As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. Yet James 5.16 says that the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. If absolutely no one is righteous, then who is James talking about? Luke chapter 1 says that Elizabeth and Zechariah were righteous before God. If absolutely no one is righteous, then how can that be? Is scripture contradicting itself? No, the folks who interpret Romans as saying absolutely without exception, no one is righteous, are misinterpreting that passage. They are failing to realize that the key to understanding Romans 3.10 is the phrase, it is written. Here in Romans, Paul is quoting from the Old Testament, Psalm 14 to be exact. In Psalm 14, it says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. There is none that does good. But then that same psalm goes on to talk about the righteous. Well, if none has done good, who are the righteous people the psalm is talking about? Obviously, when the psalmist says that none is good, he is talking about the fools who say there is no God. He is not talking about absolutely everyone. Just so Paul, when he quotes from the psalm, Paul is not saying absolutely no one is righteous. If he was, then how do you explain all the Old and New Testament passages that refer to the righteous? In Romans 3.11, it says that no one seeks for God. Does that mean that absolutely no one is seeking God? No, to interpret it that way would be ludicrous. Just so verse 23, which says that all have sinned. Babies haven't sinned, have they? Little children haven't sinned, have they? No, this is not an absolute. There are exceptions. So it is perfectly legitimate to say that these passages from Romans, when interpreted in context, in no way conflict with the church's teaching on Mary being without sin. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and fear and trembling. Catholic Trivia Game Show with secrets and agendas. You can't tell anybody, but you do have to call if you want to play our game. Callers, it's uh, wide open right now. So first call gets to play the game, and your chance of winning is pretty good, actually, at 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. Adrian Fonseca standing by to take your call at 877-757. 757-9424. Call right now. 877-757-9424. Now, here's the deal, though. All right? I have uh, some uh, trivia questions, but we secretly, behind the scenes, we don't tell anybody this, but we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions, and you're only going to learn one thing today. There's only one thing you're going to learn today. The other two are totally giveaways. 
They're absolute giveaways. So that means you're going to learn one thing, praise be to God. And then you're going to uh, have a laugh, hopefully, anyway. That's the goal, is to have a chuckle, a good time. And we appreciate it when they laugh with us. And uh, and then you can win prizes, which makes this a winner for everybody involved because you could learn, laugh, or win. And sometimes you could do all of that simultaneously. The kicker is, the secret sauce in all of this is, we don't ask the caller the questions, so they don't even need to know the answers. They could win without knowing. It's possible. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, so instead of asking the caller, I'll ask Rudy, I'll ask Adrian. One of them will give us a correct answer. The other will give us an incorrect answer, and the caller will then have 15 seconds to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And then they go into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize, Rudy. Praise be to God. Well, this week we're giving away a uh, copy of the Bella Dodd book that we've been talking about Mm -hmm. the past two weeks. Mm -hmm. We've had uh, Dr. Paul Kengor on the show. If you're interested in in listening a little bit about the story about Bella Dodd and what she did, you can go onto our YouTube channel and search for uh, Bella Dodd. Uh, Go to Catholic Drive Time, search for Bella Dodd. You'll see all of those videos there. But we're giving away the the book, The Devil and Bella Dodd, or Bella Dodd and the Devil. And that's published by Tan Books. So that's uh, what we're going to give away on Friday. Praise awesome. Be Praise be to God. Uh, nice tie, Rudy. Thank you. You got the, uh, you got got the, the Irish whole, poplin. You got the whole rich man suit thing going on again. <laughs> it looks and look, You're looking great, though. Hey, you do look thanks, fantastic. Man. Thank you. Appreciate uh, that. But uh, there is a tie at play today. <laughs> uh, good morning to you, Vicky. How are you? I'm good. How about you guys? We are alive, and that counts, Vicky. That counts. There you go. Praise be Thanks to Jesus. To now, where are you calling from, Vicky? Dallas area, Guadalupe Radio, 9, 10 a.m. 9, 10 a.m. Nice. Our good friend Dave Palmer up there, Cecil, and and all of our friends up there in the in the North Texas region. We're so grateful uh, to be a part of the GRN family. Manny. Yep. Manny yep. Ortiz. Amen. Preach it, Vicky. Preach it. Now, where do you go to church? St. Luke's. And um, Irving. Wow, wonderful. And are you familiar with how this game works, Vicky? Yes. All right. Okay. Well, then you know it's you and me together against the other two. I'm your only friend in this. I'm your guide, your tour, your tour guide, your trustworthy counselor, the only person you should put your Trusting. Sorry, I still have a little just, cough. Uh, I can tell. Just, you, know. you should get the ointment for that. But let's play the game, Vicky. We're going to go with Rudy first. Tie and all. Good morning to you, Rudy. Good morning. Is that tweed or what? What are we? What are we talking? What kind of material? Is that polyester? Absolutely not. Not no. today, at least. That would be. That would be. This is you. a mixture of silk. I see. And okay. uh, and wool. Silk, like Chinese silk, or what? I kind don't of know. Silk, like no. silk of. Made out of worms of worms. some sort. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, are you ready, sir? I am ready. Praise be to God. Let's start with a super easy one. Okay. I mean, I don't even know why we're asking this one. It's just that level of easy. All right. But nonetheless, we shall try. Where did Juan Diego, some would say Saint Juan Diego, observe? He's not a saint? Where did he observe an apparition, apparition of Our Lady? That would be <laughs> Yucatan Hill. He was uh, making a left at the pyramid. I, okay. And then he saw something, a light, uh, yeah. and he went Ooh. up the hill because he was following the light. And that's where he saw our lady, Yucatan Mind Hill. Alone. So head towards Yucatan Hill, take a left. Take a left at no, the pyramid. Head towards the pyramid, take a left, up Yucatan Hill, boom. Right there. Right there. That's yeah. how that 
Okay. It's about, I don't know, like a thousand mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. elevation there. Interesting. A thousand? Not, not too much of a, like a, a climb. A thousand yet. hectares? Like a thousand inches? A thousand yards. Yards. Got it. Okay. All right, uh, let's see what Brother Adrian has to say here. Now, Adrian, I know that you have advanced degrees in observationology. In observationology. So could you, I know that because I saw it on Twitter, but could you tell me where did St. Juan Diego observe an apparition of Our Lady? Right, yes. Well, Mm -hmm. as someone who has a PhD in observationology, as, as you clearly stated. Rightly so. I know all things that people have observed. Yes. And so that means the answer is clearly uh-huh. Guadalupe, Mexico. I see. Not uh, not Yucatan Hill. Not, not You're not going with that one. Not Yucatan Hill. Okay. All right, Vicky in Dallas, going to St. Luke's and Irvine. Uh, who is right? Who is wrong here? Adrian says uh, St. Juan Diego observed Our Lady at Guadalupe in Mexico versus Rudy's on the hook for Yucatan Hill. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Vicky, what say you? It was Tepeyac Hill. Ooh. In Mexico City. <laughs> the survey says... Yes, so wise. Yes, of course. Yucatan Hill. Turn left. I see where you're going with that. Uh, <laughs> yes, Tepeyac, you are correct. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. All right, you're in the cup. You could win. We're going to go with a second super easy question, Vicky. We're going to go to Adrian first on this one, though. Uh, I don't know. This could be hard for Adrian, actually. This is the hardest question we've ever had in the history of the show. I mean, I've heard from priests who have allowed Adrian to serve as altar server, and candles were not your strong suit, from what I was told. So, well, could you tell me... may have burned something down. Yeah. (laughs) Could you tell me what has four candles lit on successive Sundays, leading to a liturgical celebration? Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. That would be a Paschal candle. I'm sorry, what? That'd be a Paschal candle. A pas is it Pascal? No, it's not Pascal. Pascal? Like as in Pascal's Pascal, wager? As in Blaise Pascal, the French philosopher? Oh, no, no, I no, see. not not him. Not that. Pascal candle is your Pascal answer. Candle. Uh Rudy, let's try you. Uh could you tell me what has four candles lit on successive Sundays that all lead up to a liturgical celebration? A liturgical celebration? A. Could it be the thing that you mentioned mm-hmm. at the start of the hour? Mm-hmm. The thing that's coming by so that's going by so quickly, the thing we're in right now, the what? season of Advent. Really? Otherwise known as uh, an Advent wreath that you would put these candles on? Well, a what? Advent wreath. That includes candles? Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Different colors. I was unaware of Purple, this. rose. Uh, some say, is it rose? or is Next it week pink? is rose, isn't it? This, this Sunday it's is coming. rose. All right, wow. uh, Vicky, what say you? Uh, Rudy says it's called an advent wreath, whereas Adrian says it's called a Paschal candle. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Vicky? Advent wreath leading to Christmas. Yes. Yeah, Adrian tried to make that tricky, but uh, it's just too obvious. All right, all right. So here's the one you may learn something though. Here's the one. Oh, we're gonna go back to nah, Rudy. <clears throat> now, technically, we have done this question in the past. So oh, this is a re- this is a regurgitation kind of a question. Uh, not literally, of course, figuratively. But Rudy, gross. <clears throat> Rudy, without regurgitating, could you tell me? I'll try. <laughs> what is the name commonly given to the hood? Of a religious habit. Ah, uh, yes. It's also used by knights. 
Otherwise known as a coif. I'm sorry, what? A coif? Kazuntite. Coif? <laughs> a what? A coif? Coif. A coif. Yep. That's your answer. Yep. All right. Adrian, uh, perhaps you could help. I maybe can. Uh, what is the name commonly given to the hood of a religious habit? Oh, yes. Well, someone else that's really famous wears one of these. Mm-hmm. His name is uh, Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. the Batman. What? And he, it's called a cowl. A cowl. A cowl. A cowl. So, in my defense, Vicky, I told you, I warned you, this would be a hard one. Is this hood worn by uh, religious and a religious habit? Is it a cowl, as Adrian says, or a coif, as Rudy suggests? 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Vicky, what say you? Since Batman is not a religious man, I want to go with Rudy. <laughs> no, go the other way. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. A cowl I, is uh, the thing I you wear bad. over the head. Yeah. And so <laughs> the thing that Batman wears over his head is called a cowl as well. Cowl. Cowl is the correct answer. I'm sorry, Vicky. I feel like uh, Adrian and Rudy have let you down. I, however, feel guiltless in this whole thing because I warned you ahead of time. I warned you. So... But nonetheless, you're in for two, Vicky. Thanks for having a laugh with us today. We really appreciate having you on. All right. right. Going to put you on hold, Vicky. Wherever you're going today, I hope it's going to be a great day. We'll be praying for your needs. And don't forget, tomorrow is a Holy Day of Obligation. So everybody, make sure you go to Holy Mass. We're going to see you in the after show. And then we'll see you live back here on Monday morning all across the GRN and beyond. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt to get on that email list. And we'll see you then. God bless you and God love you. for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass, live from Our Lady of Corpus Christi, home of the Salt community. For more information, visit salt.net or ourladyofcorpuschristi.org. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Ambrose. This holy sacrifice of the Mass is being offered for all those listening in on the Guadalupe Radio Network and all of our online viewers. Please join in singing, For All the Saints. For all the saints who from their labors rest, who thee by faith before the world confessed thy name, O Jesus, be forever blessed.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Be with your spirit. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison Christe eleison Christe eleison Kyrie eleison Kyrie let us pray. O God, who made the Bishop St. Ambrose a teacher of the Catholic faith and a model of apostolic courage, raise up in your church men after your own heart to govern her with courage and wisdom. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. To whom can you liken me as an equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. He leads out their army and numbers them, calling them all by name. By his great might and the strength of his power, not one of them is missing. Why, O Jacob, do you say, and declare, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Do you not know, or have you not heard? The Lord is the eternal God, creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint nor grow weary, and his knowledge is beyond scrutiny. He gives strength to the fainting, for the weak he makes vigor abound. Though young men faint and grow weary, and youth stagger and fall, they that hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar as with eagles' wings. They will run and not grow weary, walk and not grow faint. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O bless the Lord, my soul. O bless the Lord, my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all my being bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. O bless the Lord, my soul. He pardons all your iniquities. He heals all your ills. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with kindness and compassion. 
O bless, Who bless the, the Lord, Lord my, my soul. soul. Merciful and gracious is the Lord, slow to anger and abounding in kindness. Not according to our sin does he deal with us, nor does he requit us according to our crimes. O bless, o bless the, the Lord, Lord my soul. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Behold, the Lord comes to save his people. Blessed are those prepared to meet him. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the crowds, Come to me all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy and my burden light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. We're really only a quarter of our journey through this Advent season. And the readings remind us that if we find ourselves burdened, if we find ourselves weary, that we have to come to the Lord. He is there. He is, comes to save us. And he comes to give us strength. That beautiful first reading from the, from the prophet Isaiah speaks of that young men faint and grow weary, youth stagger and fall. They that hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar as with eagle's wings. They will run and not grow weary, walk and not grow faint. In a 1984 movie, Chariots of Fire, this, God, this reading from Isaiah is presented in a very beautiful way, cinematically. It speaks about the story, of course, the, the true story of Eric Little, uh, who was a Scottish minister. He was a missionary who had been born in China, uh, was had studied back in, in Scotland and in England, and then participated in the 1924 Olympics as a 100-meter runner. He was actually quite, an, uh, quite a stunning runner for his time. However, when he was on his way to, to run in the 24 Olympics in Paris, he, ra he realized that the heats, which were the qualifying races to get into the, the final race for the, for the medal, was going to be held on Sunday. And he recognized that the reason why he had taken this journey of running was to give God glory. And he said that uh, he feels God's pleasure when he runs. And he, was, he really was a model of trying to glorify God and not himself in his running. So he, he made a very bold decision and decided that he was not going to run on Sunday. He was not going to run the heats in order to qualify for his best race. Of course, he got a lot of flack for this, and he ended up running the 400 meter on a weekday and got the gold medal, uh, but he, that was not what he was, what he was training to do. But he stood his ground, and in fact, there's this beautiful moment in the movie, at least it is presented in the movie, where 
on that Sunday where these different competitors are competing uh, for their for the qualifying, he is at church as a minister. He's reading this gospel, or sorry, this reading from Isaiah, which talks about those who will not grow faint or weary if they trust in the Lord. If, if he is the, he is the one that will soar them up on eagles' wings. So the images of him preaching uh, during during the, the sermon, and of those who are trying to compete and them completely failing <laughs> at at, uh, at qualifying, and basically the message that wanted they wanted to come across is: if we truly put our strength and our trust in the Lord, we will have the strength to do all that we need to do. When we hear this gospel today, I think in particular it should remind us that. The Lord is speaking to us of any burdens or things that we carry, any labors that, 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 give, that uh, tire us out. If we come to the Lord and we give them to him, we will find renewed strength. But in particular, I think the Lord could speak to us about our spiritual journey. Sometimes we get weary. Weary of because we keep failing or we just can't, can't find the strength to, uh, to build this particular virtue that we know that we need in our life. We, we try to conform ourselves to Christ and we, keep, seem to, we can't seem to make it. And I think it's in there that we, if we really entrust ourselves to the Lord, if we offer up the, the, the virtues and the merits of Jesus and our Blessed Mother, St. Joseph, if in, in times of our struggle, if we offer up the strength of Jesus and his passion, when we are just struggling in the very pains and, and difficulties and trials that, trials that we go through, I think we will find this renewed strength. The Lord will bear us up. We will find rest in him, but true rest, not just sitting around and doing nothing, but rest that gives, the rest that gives us the strength and the energy to do the Lord's work, to do his will. Perhaps it's maybe true to say that if we find ourselves doing our own will all the time, we will be very, very tired. But if we do the Lord's will, we will always find strength and renewed energy because we're not relying so much on ourselves and doing our thing, but doing the Lord's will. To the very point where we can say with St. Paul, I can do all things in him who strengthens me. St. Paul found the strength to do all that he did, and he did a million times more than I've ever done. He found the strength to do it in Jesus Christ. He found his rest in him, and he found his strength in him. Let us do the same in our, Lent, in, sorry, in our, our Advent journey as we come to prepare our hearts to receive the Lord in joyful hope. Let us find our strength to do all that the Lord wills for us in him. As we wait for long, with longing the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, dear brothers and sisters, let us with renewed devotion beseech his mercy that as he came into the world to bring the good news to the poor and heal the contrite of heart, so in our time also he may bring salvation to all in need. Let us pray that Christ may visit his church and keep watch over her always. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer that under the protection of Christ our times may be peaceful. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That Christ may banish disease, drive out hunger, and ward off every affliction. Let us pray to the Lord. 
Lord, hear our prayer. That as witnesses to Christ's love before all, we may abide in the truth. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. That we may find renewed strength in entrusting all of our work and doing God's will to Christ. We may find rest from our labors and strength in our weariness. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who are suffering, those who are homeless, those who are unemployed, those who have difficult needs in their life, struggle from depression or loneliness, that the Lord may console them with his healing touch, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the intentions of those who are joining us online through Guadalupe Radio, for all those who have asked us to pray for them, for all those who have died in the holy souls in purgatory, they may rest in peace. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Almighty, ever-living God, who brings salvation to all and desire that no one should perish, hear the prayers of your people and grant that the course of our world may be directed by your peaceful rule and your church rejoice in tranquility and devotion through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our offertory song is, I Heard the Voice of Jesus Say, I heard the voice of Jesus say, Come unto me and rest. Lay down, O weary one, Lay down thy head upon my breast. I came to Jesus as I was, so weary, worn, and sad, I found in him a resting place, and he has made me glad. I heard the voice of Jesus say, Behold, I freely give the living water, thirsty one, stoop down and drink and live. I came to Jesus and I drank of that life-giving stream. My thirst was quenched, my soul revived, and now I live in Him. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. As we celebrate the divine mysteries, O Lord, we pray, may the Holy Spirit fill us with that light of faith by which he constantly enlightened St. Ambrose for the spreading of your glory through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. 
And with your spirit Lift up your heart We lift them up to the Lord Let us give thanks to the Lord our God It is right and just It is truly right and just Our duty and our salvation Always and everywhere to give you thanks Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For he assumed at his first coming the lowliness of human flesh, and so fulfilled the design you formed long ago, and opened for us the way to eternal salvation. That when he comes again in glory and majesty, and all is at last made manifest, we who watch for that day may inherit the great promise in which now we dare to hope. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Pleni Sun Celi Etera, Gloria Tua, Osana in Excelsis, Benedictus, Qui Venit in Nomine Domini, Osana, in You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples saying take this all of you and eat of it for this is my body which will be given up for you In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. 
Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with the Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer to the sign of peace. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, Qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Onius Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed.
he who ponders the law of the Lord day and night will yield fruit in due season. For those who cannot receive sacramental Holy Communion at this time, we pray the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Our communion song is, O Lord, I am not worthy. O Lord, I am not worthy that Thou shouldst come to me, but speak the word of comfort, my spirit healed shall be, and humbly I receive thee, the bridegroom of my soul, no more by sin to grieve thee, or fly thy sweet control. Eternal Holy Spirit, unworthy though I be, prepare me to receive him and trust the word to me increase my faith dear jesus in thy real presence here and make me feel most deeply that thou to me art near let us pray lead us who have been strengthened by the power of the sacramental lord so to profit from the teaching of saint ambrose that hastening fearlessly along your paths we may be prepared for the delights of the eternal banquet through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks, Thanks be, to, be God. to God. Salve Regina. The Prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. 
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, Saint Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Hi, this is Kim. This is Courage. And this is 